Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. And Garrett Price. How's it going? Uh, it's going here. We are today, early early in the dynasty offseason. So what a better time than ever to redraft the 2020 rookie class. There is no better time. No, no. And now looking through this class. So we're going to do the first round here on the free show and the YouTube Mm -hmm. show. And we're going to do the second round, a part of the nerd herd shirt show and going through these 24 players. It was really hard to get it down to 24. Like there's about 30 players that I would want on my dynasty roster today. Like I would feel comfortable outside the tight end position of submitting a very solid lineup here to compete this year and for years to come in any dynasty league with this rookie class alone. It's fantastic. Yep. In both rounds, there was, there was definitely people like I, I, I felt that I was leaving off in the first round section. And then once I got through to my second round that I, that I put together, I also felt like I, I wish I could squeeze in more picks, right? Get some compensatory picks there in the first and second round or something like that. Well, you know, and most times when you when you do these redrafts, you're having a hard time filling the first round with guys that you still feel really good about. Right. So it's just a weird flip. Like I feel like drafting redrafting this in some ways was almost more difficult than originally drafting this mm-hmm. class, just because so many of the what ifs actually did come true, and the few that didn't still are showing a lot of promise. Yep. So absolutely, man. You'll be lot. surprised about some of these guys that are in here. You're like, whoa, 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 how, what, why is he going so late? Or he's on the first round. Like people are watching this YouTube video or listen to this podcast or come away. Where was this guy? Yep. How was he not a part of the first round? And listen, pals, I agree. Pals, gals. hundred percent. There's some picks that are probably gonna go down here today that I'm gonna be like, what are you doing? Wait, what? But, uh, there's no, what, there's no better way to find out. Then just rip off our clothes and dive right in. Whoa, <laughs> we're going, we're going, we're going for that. I, huh? I thought this was a YouTube show. Yeah, dude, I'm going, co- I'm going in the way I came out. El Natural. <laughs> just Harrier. <laughs> just Harrier. Not much. I was gonna say we'll see by the time you go out. <laughs> <laughs> Flaming speed. Where's Manscaped when I need him? Yeah. Well, Matt. You're the lucky guy. Ooh, I'm going. I'm going one one again, huh? You're going one one again. Huh? You know, it worked so well last time. Why fix what ain't broke? Yeah, exactly. So, um, obviously, I mean, if you're new to the show, you don't know who I'm going to pick. If you're if you're <laughs> if you've been listening for a while and went through the whole pre-draft process, I think you probably have a pretty good idea who I'm going to go with here. But at the one point, oh one, I am going to go Justin Jefferson, wide receiver Ooh. out of LSU of the via the Minnesota Vikings or. The other way around, um, <laughs> but, but obviously, uh, you know, wide receiver six on the on the season, um, a total of uh, two hundred and seventy four points in PPR, just a total monster, over seventeen points per game, just got it done. Uh, you know, set the set the rookie record fourteen hundred yards, uh, um, had one hundred twenty five targets, eighty eight receptions, seven touchdowns, and really, you know, during the pre draft the process, I, this was a guy that. I liked because he was a guy that 
he was a very good route runner. I think the second best route runner coming out, you know, next to Jerry Judy. And then on top of that, he had this my ball um, mentality and, and an ability to go and get the ball. Contested really catches versus a contested catch. <laughs> like if I was down like doing a nerd score or something, I what would you say like a nine five? I mean, I would give him a twelve out of ten. Wouldn't be like a seven five. For it would sure. be a so twelve like, out silly of ten that. on contested catches for for Justin. Jones. He was like top six in the class. Uh, but where would he end up? Hey, this is why. He, hey, it was the first year of the nerd score. You he's go some, back and you see what you did wrong. You hone, you tweak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we both those nipples, son. Uh, um, but yeah, I so want to see your nerds. To, to me, he's, I think he's a pretty much a great, great contested catch. <laughs> we talked about this in depth. Rich, Rich goes back after the season every year and does the nerd score. After the season, <laughs> go back and listen to our Justin Jefferson breakdown. Dude. We literally argued with you for 20 minutes that you said his nerd score was ju- on the jump balls was not good. And we're like, what I film n- were you nope, watching? Nope, nope. I never really said it was not good. The- I said it was very good. I said he was running from the slot and going against linebackers. Slot. If anything, it's incomplete. He plays from the right. slot. Contested catch was an 80 out of 100. For, for who? For him? For Justin Jefferson. For, from Garrett? What was oh, yours? Or is that Consensus. Consensus. That's, the, that's a composite. Yeah, because you bumped him up because you actually saw what you were seeing. You probably <laughs> have like a nine. Right. That's he, what I wanted to him, say. You brought him down a little bit. <laughs> Jay, let's go over all the ones the that we were higher and lower on. Let's go through all those other ones, huh? We're talking about Justin Jefferson. Yeah, Damn now it. he's quiet over there. So obviously. Um, obviously. He, he even outperformed. I was the highest one here on him, and sure. he outperformed even you know my expectations. Yeah, so. unless you're Josh Gordon, you couldn't get any higher on him, honestly, because <laughs> Justin Jefferson surpassed anybody's expectations to the point where Justin Jefferson is a number one, not a number one, but a first round startup player and a dynasty startup draft in my eyes. This is a guy like Matt said who broke the the, the rookie record for receiving yards with 1,400, beat Anquan Bolden to 1,377, which he did in 2003. His 88 receptions were sixth most all-time by a rookie receiver. His 87.5 yards per game were fifth most all-time by a rookie wide receiver. And if you look at historical data, if you are a wide receiver one once, the chances of you being at least a wide receiver two again is over 77%. Yep. So here he is as a rookie at 21 years old, already with a 77% chance to be at least a wide receiver two many times Multiple over. Times, yep. This is a guy is a wide receiver one for the foreseeable future. If somebody were to take Justin Jefferson one overall and as the number one receiver overall in a dynasty startup, whereas I would not do that, I would not land base that. No. I would not say that's a terrible pick because you're getting a guy that you could put on your roster for the next Eight years that will be a target hog and receive it receptions hog in Minnesota. Remember, Adam Thielen's over 30 years old. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not to say like Irv Smith, I take look to take a big step forward this sure. year. That they won't grab another receiver, maybe not probably even this year in the draft being so deep at receiver. But Justin Jefferson is literally a cornerstone franchise piece. To me, this is not only the one-one, this is a different tier altogether out of these rookies. He's the one-one. 12 out of 12 times, 100 out of 100 specific. times. It's, it's, there's no debate here in my eyes. There's, there's no way you do not take Justin Jefferson here. Easy a 1 1. What a fantastic rookie year that, like you said, you couldn't see coming. Nobody could see this coming because otherwise you would have gave up three firsts right. for sure. that pick. Sure. Um, but it just goes to show you, it's just so you never know. And this class, this 2020 class, is extremely sp- special. He is a cherry on the top. I love the pick. 
Yep, absolutely. No, Justin Jefferson. And I was, I was a guy that was was pretty lukewarm on him. I had him wide receiver six or something like that Very tepid. over the over the course of, of uh, my entire process. And even even for somebody that wasn't sure about, you know, Minnesota's offense looked great in that Minnesota's offense, how much they were going to run the ball. They still ran the ball a ton with Dalvin yeah, Cook. Yep. Still didn't matter. I wasn't sure that he was just going to be a one for one replacement for Stefan Diggs. He was. He just stepped exactly into that role, did everything, and actually even a little bit more this season than we saw from, from Stephon Diggs in the past. Now, Stephon Diggs had a fantastic season in Buffalo. But uh, I I was blown away over over the course of the season, and I'm now absolutely – I've come full circle, and, and I'm, I'm back in on, on Justin Jefferson. I don't know who away is, but sounds nice. I'm up at number two, yeah. and I'm going to oh, take – Oh, now it's my turn, by the way. Go ahead. Who are you going to take? Go ahead, Rich. Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> oh, your favorite – Prospect, you loved Jonathan Taylor. I didn't dislike Jonathan Taylor. Oh, I that sounds as, familiar. Somebody I didn't, didn't have him as my one Justin one. Jefferson. I had Clyde Edwards Alaire as my one. No, you disliked Justin Jefferson, and you said he couldn't do jump balls, and you were incorrect, sir. Back of the class because he was fantastic at that as well. I think and like he it was up week nine over 60, or ten. I think Rich was like mad at me because he had so many Jonathan Taylor shares. So right, you're welcome. I was a little upset. You're welcome. But like the world. We kept revolving, revolving. <laughs> it's come all the way around. Now, and I've now. come full circle. Now we're back. Now, to be fair here, if I was on a dynasty team, I would actually probably want CeeDee Lamb over Jonathan Taylor, personally, on my roster, because I love him so much, and I think he's a stud too. But I'm taking Jonathan Taylor here because I feel like Jonathan Taylor, who is running back six overall, and over the last quarter of the season, weeks 13 through 16, where it really mattered the most, he was running back three overall in PPR leagues. I love the fact that he he totally demolished my concern about his drop rate. He had over 90% drop rate, best hands out of all the running backs not, coming in his class. 90% catch rate, not drop rate. Catch rate, yep. even better. Which is better than the, about, other, the other one. Yeah, it's about 90% better than <laughs> the drop rate. So, fantastic there. Great offensive line. Doesn't matter who the quarterback situation is going for, because it does not matter for Jonathan Taylor. He is going to be a beast for the next three, four years yep. easily here. Now, I, w- I would prefer CeeDee Lamb for that long-term effect in Dynasty, but why take CeeDee Lamb and hope he outproduces Amari Cooper and hope that Dak resigns? When I can take Jonathan Taylor here, and whenever I am ready to move him, say in about two years, so I get my three years sure. out of my hashtag two to three-year window, I think Jonathan Taylor is a hashtag three to four-year window kind of guy. Right around year three, I can trade Jonathan Taylor for CeeDee Lamb or any other receiver for that most because I expect Jonathan Taylor to be a top six running back for the foreseeable future. I, 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 look, I look at him as a better asset than Derrick Henry. Uh, I look at him as a better asset than many running backs. There's not many running backs right now in this game today that I would rather have over Jonathan Taylor. And what I like about him, too, is he's safe. You know, yep. what he does with the offensive line, he's safe. Where Kamara, no breeze. We saw what happened with no breeze, right? Took a big dip. Pass catching's a big part of his game. Okay, not Jonathan Taylor. That's all bonus. Yep. He's Derrick Henry with good hands and opportunity there. Even with Naheem Hines, who's a pass catcher running back, that doesn't really overly affect Jonathan Taylor as well. This this class is so special, and Jonathan Taylor is just another cog in that puzzle, right? Like I, it's you can go many different ways here, but Jonathan Taylor to me is easily my number two pick here. Yeah, I've I've. I was nervous, even for somebody that was was in on Jonathan Taylor. He was my 1-1 post-draft. I thought it was a hand-in-glove fit. Even I was a little bit nervous. Like, what is going on? Like, what I am seeing on the field 
does not translate to what I saw on tape. It, right. it doesn't make sense. But sometimes these rookies, it just takes them a little bit of time to get everything figured out. They weren't using him consistently either, which you can tell sometimes he just was about to get into a rhythm and then it wasn't his turn anymore and they would take him out. Once they finally let him get in that rhythm, he got comfortable. We saw him just absolutely take off. I've done a ton of mocks already. I haven't done any startups. I've been holding back as long as I possibly can from doing a new startup. Uh, but I actually have not, in, in one QB leagues, I have not seen him go outside of the top eight overall picks yet. And every time he's always been inside the top four or five running backs as well. So it's at that point where he, even above Justin Jefferson, which I have no problem with him going 1-1 here in our draft, but I've actually seen Jonathan Taylor just because people are starved for running backs and blah, 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 blah. Right. No, but, no the depth of the position is completely right. different. Yep. But but yeah, that that's the point that we're at right now. I, the only person that consistently he's been behind is Christian McCaffrey. Anybody else he's been a, above in at least one or two drafts. So that's the point we're at with Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, it's crazy how quickly a guy like him can just jump a guy like Saquon, which yep. I would still take Saquon over Jonathan Taylor. I have Saquon higher too. Um, As do I, yeah. But Jonathan Taylor here at number two makes total sense to me, almost 17 points per game. And like like you guys were alluding to, he, he, there was a point in the middle of the season where we were all kind of like, is this guy going to get it figured out? And then the, the whole second half of the season, he just exploded. Yep. I, I feel like it was his vision. Yep. That click. Like he just processed to get like – my biggest concern is like, oh my God, is this an Isaiah Carell effect? Like, is this the kind of guy who's super talented, sure. but he just can't read the NFL field? Like, he's running the back of the offensive lineman. And all of a sudden, once he got that down and showed a little bit of patience, it, it was literally sky's the limit. Absolutely, man. It was, it, I mean, you can't say enough good things about Jonathan Taylor, the offense that he's in, the offensive line that he's running behind. It's all. It all equates to him being a very success, successful back for the next three or four and years. It, they do lose Anthony Costanzo, who just retired, yep. their left tackle. So they will have to do some work there, but still have Quentin Nelson at left guard, uh, and the whole offensive line as a whole is still very solid. And, and there's there's talk about Quentin Nelson getting bumped out to left tackle now, and them just having to fill in that left guard spot. So if we'll, he can make the move, I yeah. mean, that guy I feel like is just a bulldozer, so it doesn't matter where. He's a very he goes. talented offensive lineman could probably make that switch. When you play left tackle, do you need a little bit of quicker feet? You got to be able to bounce outside a little bit better. But we'll, we'll see. I mean, he's, a, he's, do a guy it that gets out, he's a guy that gets out on the edge, does a lot of polling and stuff like yeah. that. So I think he's got the athleticism to do it. We'll see if he's got the length and all that kind of Even stuff. Even better for yep. JT News. Yep. So, and, and, and I'm with Garrett. I love the startup pick first round. I think both these guys are first round startup picks. I think it would be a dream in heaven if you were in a dynasty startup and you had pick 110, 111, 112, and you can come out away out of that draft with Jonathan Taylor and Justin Jefferson. Oh, yeah. uh, not only are you have cornerstones at youth, but you have top tier position guys too. I think that's a dream startup. I would not, I would not want a high pick in a startup like in a dynasty yep. startup. I would want anywhere from pick nine to twelve in a dynasty startup just to try and get a couple of these pieces. Double up on a couple of these young guys. Yeah, yep. that, that's my ideal. Like if you're a hey rich, what's your first? What's your perfect one two combo? In a startup, I'm going Jonathan Taylor and Justin Jefferson, and that's very year to year. That's not like a that's not a forever type of no no scenario. That's, that's just this season. That's in this season. Yeah, if yeah. you're going into this offseason. If you're doing yeah, if you're doing a dynasty startup today, like all of a sudden it was today, that's my ideal situation. Pick nine to twelve, and coming away with one of those guys. Now Garrett said he hasn't got past past pick eight, which is kind of crazy, but at the same time, it still shows you. Then you can still and come that's away. one QB super flex. Obviously, he's gone like. Yeah, but even then, it still shows you can come away with, okay, I'm just as happy getting Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson. You know what I mean? Or any of those running backs. Pushes some or, guys down. Yep. Or two solid receivers and know I can come back and get a running back later. Probably one of these guys we're going to talk about even later. So, Garrett, uh, you are on the clock. Yep, I'm on the clock. Three. At three. Yep. 
So I ended up uh, really wrestling with this pick, which I basically really wrestled with every single pick, if we're being honest. But I ended up landing on J.K. Dobbins preseason. He was my running back one. He ended up falling to running back three post-draft. But I loved everything that we had talked about as soon as he landed in Baltimore because everyone was talking about how good of a landing spot it is for CEH, how good of a landing spot it is for Jonathan Taylor. And both those things were true, but it was also a really, really good landing spot for J.K. Dobbins. And I just don't think it was being talked about enough how good of a landing spot it was for him. We know he's a talented player. He fit in really well with Lamar. We just saw that Mark Ingram got cut. They released him. Yep. He's gone. Now, we don't know what's going to happen with Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards could be back. Restricted free agent. Gus he might Edwards. not be. Yep. You know, so we're, we're going to have to wait and see if they re-sign him. There's other teams that could be interested. But even if he's back, over the second half of the season, J.K. Dobbins was such a reliable player. Overall finished in 17 weeks in PPR settings as a running back two. He was running back 24, 24. overall. But look at what he was doing in the second half of the season. Every single game from week 11 on, excluding the last week of the season, he ended up, or and this is including playoffs, except for this past week against Buffalo, he had a touchdown. They were counting on him every single game. He scored a touchdown in there and never got above 15 carries, but we see a lot of 70-yard weeks, even got as many as 160 uh, against Cincinnati there at the end. So there's going to be a lot of yards. There's going to be a lot to do in this offense. Lamar Jackson seemed to figure it out, and that was coinciding right at the same time that we saw J.K. Dobbins really start to uh, ball out over the course of this season. So my only, my tiniest concern, if I had to say there was one concern with J.K. Dobbins, because I think he's going to be a running back one for a while. My only concern is how many targets is he going to get in the passing game? That's my only concern, but I think he'll do enough on the ground and his one to two catches here or there will be enough to keep him in the in the legitimate RB1 con, uh, discussion for the next three or four seasons. So I, I, I did a little bit of analysis, and, and I agree with you, but I was looking at a, a, a fantasy points per touch. Mm-hmm. So that's just that's just combining their carries and their catches, seeing what kind of fantasy input input or fantasy production you can expect out of every touch that they that a player gets. Sure. And there was only one running back that was higher than J.K. Dobbins. He he's over a point. He's one point one one points per touch. There's only one guy higher, and and it's DeAndre Swift. So, I think it's it's telling in the fact that you know you know Mark Ingram's going to be gone gone next year. Obviously, he's off the team, and Gus might be gone, or at least it's trending in a direction where J.K. Dobbins is getting more work. Right. So I think with that kind of expected you know per touch total, I mean you're looking at an over 300 point guy if he gets you know 300 combined carry you know carries and receptions and and that's nothing to sneeze at those are no. those are going to put you in that upper echelon of, of the running back one conversation so i really do think it's a matter of time before jk dobbins really breaks out and and they start giving him the rock as much as i think he deserves it oh i agree 100 he's he's a very talented runner fits the scheme like you said perfectly in this rpo action kind of scheme no marking is going to help they, and they, they still have to realize for this team to actually go into the postseason and actually win football games that they, that they want to do. It's great that Lamar dominates the regular season. That's great. Yep. But the fact that he gets to the postseason and just gets completely shut down, it shows you that kind of run, that kind of quarterback is great for fantasy football. It's it's fantastic, but it's not a a, a Super Bowl winning recipe, right? right? You know, two years ago, Greg Roman was the talk of the town. This year, they're like, 
is Graham Roman even come back? What is he doing here? Now the Ravens came back a little bit here, but they're gonna have to they're gonna have to rely on this running game a little bit more. They're gonna have to invest in this draft that's really deep at receiver, probably in another receiver. They can probably. use Miles Boykin's nice, but he's a nice wide receiver three. They need a big guy. J.K. Dobbins. They got Mark Andrews as well. You know, he's your right. number one receiver. But the real thing that turns around is gonna be using Mark Jackson in a play action kind of role as well. And you know, using that to get him on the outside. But J.K. Dobbins is the answer to the Ravens' problems for them taking a step forward. That's where they got to go. J.K. Dobbins will help Lamar Jackson and help his rushing as well. But J.K. Dobbins, like you said, he looked good. We all agree he looked good. Oh, absolutely. He looked good coming out. To me, I have no problem with this picker. I would have went two running backs over him here. Sure. But again, it doesn't mean I don't like J.K. Dobbins. I like all these guys. There's not a guy that's going to go in this first round that I have no problem. You could take a guy who were taking at number 12 overall and take him here. And I'm not going to overly argue with it here. Right right now in my in my running back ranks, I actually have three running backs that were rookies this season inside of my top six. That's the point that we're at for me. Yeah, well, you that's the answer. If you're, if you're going to play Dynasty Fantasy Football, you want the first contract running backs. And that's it. It's hashtag yep. two, three-year windows, guys. On the good running backs, it's hashtag three to five year window, right? So that all coincides with that rookie contract. So of course, the, of course, these guys value goes up because this is where all the value is in that running back scale. Because once they hit that new contract, that's when you sell. And what do you do? You reinvest back in the guys that had the one year contract. So I love the JK Dobbins pick here. I'd have loved them earlier. If you had taken them, I would have loved them later all around top cut top kit. I would take two other guys ahead of them, but can't go wrong. Get to the- can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. So with the fourth pick in the first round, I am going to go C.D. Lamb, wide receiver 22 on the year out of the Dallas Cowboys. And I can't believe I got him. I mean, this is amazing. This was my this was my number you know my number one wide receiver pre draft, and I think it was it was trending in the the right direction when Dak was there. He was a yeah. wide receiver one at the beginning of the season. Obviously, you know when Andy Dolphin comes in, you're going to have a slight dip. But but really, I mean, it was the other guys that were there, like Ben DiNucci, and I don't even remember who the hell else was the quarterback there. I forgot uh, about DiNucci. Yeah, yeah, for for a little stretch there. Yeah, Gar- Dolphin was, was Gar- Gilbert, Gilbert like, ever in there? Eric yeah. yeah. Gilbert was later. But at some point, he was in there. He was in the yeah. conversation. He might not even have lasted a full game. I don't remember. But regardless, I mean, he ended up as a wide receiver two there. Um, you know, borderline, you know, low end wide receiver too, but still a startable guy in, in year one, over 13 points per game. And, you know, CeeDee Lamb, in my opinion, still is the most talented wide receiver. Even though Justin Jefferson has done amazing things and looks great and is in the perfect offense for him, I still think CeeDee Lamb is more talented than him. So I, I love getting him here um, this late because to me, this is late, you know, getting, sure. getting him fourth is, is late. It's in my opinion. still, Matt. I yeah. mean, the fact that JK Dobbins, that Garrett took JK Dobbins over C land to me is downright ridiculous. You literally uh, just said two <laughs> minutes ago that he could have gone earlier. He could have gone later. It I, I, said I, I said that for a reason. Cause I was sending this. I said, I wouldn't argue any picks except for this except one. Except for this one. You know, Matt, Matt was right. He was a wide receiver 22, which was a wide receiver two, which in it, in it itself, if you draft a wide receiver two, and you get him on your roster, like, this is great. And he does it yep. year one. You're like, this guy is fantastic. 66 receptions, 827 yards, and four touchdowns. But like Matt said. In the first 16 games. Right? In the first 16 games. Because <laughs> I got totally different numbers. Like, yep. I got running through week 17. We're week 17ers. You're, you're a week 16er. But Matt, like Matt said, this, this ugly carousel, Medusa, three-headed dragon, five-headed dragon, whatever the ugly thing they were trying out there, I wanted nothing to do with it, all right? 
when Dak was out there, the guy who was on pace to throw for over 300 yards per game, we got to go back, right? CeeDee Lamb was wide receiver weeks one through five with Dak Prescott, wide receiver 11 overall. Yeah. He was a wide receiver one as a rookie. He was doing what Justin Jefferson was doing throughout yep. the year with Dak Prescott. That's the big thing here. That's why I can't believe... When I said Jonathan Taylor, I'd rather have CeeDee Lamb, but my best bang for my buck is sure. going to be Jonathan Taylor. Your longest t- tenured asset is going to be CeeDee Lamb here. Matt said he's probably the most talented receiver in his class. I, I agree with you on that. I think he is as He well. had our highest nerd score. He had my highest personal nerd score at the position. He is somebody right now... Yeah. He, he, I don't know where his ADP is in a dynasty startup. Probably maybe second round, maybe late second round. He'd probably go maybe if not a third. I don't know his ADP, whatever it is. It's too low. Well, the, the thing is he started off so hot. He was a hot name at the beginning of the season, but when, you know, Andy Dalton's throwing the ball and, and the whole Dallas Cowboys offense as a whole was just a train wreck. Um, you know, the only worst train wreck was the Philadelphia offense, but, um, he's, he's fallen behind. I think, I think people have forgotten about CD lamb and, and, and don't make that mistake. Don't be the person that forgets about CeeDee Lamb. If somebody in your league is fading him or oh. has forgotten about him, please go make <laughs> a move for him. He's an amazing, yep. amazing athlete. And the sky is the limit for this guy going yeah. forward. Look what he did with the human centipedes of quarterback. It was wide receiver too. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, I love it. I love CeeDee Lamb. Getting at four, that's stealing. You should be arrested. Larceny. Larceny. Love it. CeeDee Lamb. Garrett, do you want to say anything about the guy you passed up? You don't even deserve <laughs> You don't even deserve to skid a word on C. Lamb. <laughs> How dare you pass him up? This guy is a wide receiver one. When you're looking at guys that can be a wide receiver one, know how hard it is to be a wide receiver one? You pass up. How many opportunities do you have? 12. 12. 12. Only 12. 12. That's it. Unless, this guy's unless you're in a 10 person league and then there's only 10. This guy's just what? power walking by. Like, see? Instead of saying CD, he's like, see ya. Got J.K. Dobbins coming in. Terrible pick. <laughs> Over to CD Lamb. Can't argue it. Great, hey, great pick. Terrible pass up of CD. Moving anyway, on. moving on, Rich. I'm up. Rich, go ahead. <laughs> I'm taking Clyde Edwards Lair. Uh what pick are we at? Five. We're five. This is a fantastic pick, Rich. Is it? <laughs> why? Is it? Yeah. And I'm gonna tell you why. You tell me pick. why, because I'll tell you why I don't and, think it is. And I will tell you why it's a better pick than even J.K. Dobbins. Oh now. Definitely not. DeAndre, Clyde Orzelaire got hurt at the end of the year. Yep, he did. Finishes running back 22, nonetheless. I think the big thing to remember, we were talking about go back with CeeDee Lamb a little bit, right? You know, uh, what he was doing with Dak. All the way up until he got hurt throughout the entire year, not like Jonathan Taylor who had a late surge, right? Clyde Edwards Alaire was a running back one. And he took some time to get into that offense and get you know, acclimated to the point where they had to bring in Le'Veon Bell to offset him a little bit too. But he's on that first-round rookie contract. So they have him for five years on that rookie contract. Playing with the Kansas City Chiefs, Tyreek Hill's locked up, Pat Mahomes is locked up, Travis Kelsey's locked up. He's playing this just gunslinger offense for five more years. And he looked really good throughout the year. Was he... Was he doing the numbers that I got on when that huge rant for and put up those running back high end one number running back numbers? No, he did not. That's fine. Still a rookie. And he did it without being involved in the passing game, which really blew my mind. Once they can get Clyde Edwards Alaire involved in the passing game, and then we saw he could do that in LSU, right? Dominated there, his contact balance, everything Clyde Edwards Alaire does is very, very solid. To me, this is another guy you mentioned. Is there any dip in his value? 
Clyward Delaire, even though I'm taking him here, here is probably seeing a huge dip in value because he didn't sure. finish a year. And I think people fail to remember that he was a running back one consistently throughout the whole year. So all the way up until he got hurt. So it's 13 weeks. He was a running back one. That is no easy feat to do. And they brought in Le'Veon Bell. When you say Bell, consistently, you mean back. like he maintained being... He that. maintained being a running back one. He doesn't say he had a lot of dip weeks. He, he, he maintained being a running okay. back okay. one, nonetheless. Yep. Gotcha. Right. So, yeah. Of course, everybody has down weeks. You know right. I mean? And I get that, too. That's a roller coaster. But as a, And he had a lot of... You know, when they bring in Le'Veon Bell, we were all worried about it. Le'Veon Bell's on a one-year deal. He's gone. I think Clyde edwards Lair is going to take a big step forward next year. To the point where he's going to be still a running back one. Running back six, maybe, right around there. With the potential to get higher. It, the sky's the limit for how much they get him involved in the passing game. And that's just an untapped resource that he's, that we haven't been able to see with his game yet, but we know we saw it in college that he could do it. We know sure. all three of us. We, we gushed over it during the scouting process. His best asset. Absolutely. Exactly. And it wasn't even utilized. And he was a running back. One. Was it, he had like 50 catches or something like that. Didn't he? Uh, or, or was it more than that? Over, over the course of the season, he had 36 catches this season. In, in, in Oak, Oh, at LSU last year at LSU. I think it was something around, around there. Oh, yeah, it was over there. So 36, Nothing. We were expecting a seventy-five reception season out of him. Sure. So look for that. To, so if he, if you could double his reception input, say not even double, give him twenty more receptions. Like where is he then from running back? Uh, when he went out, I think he was running back twelve. He was running back 11. twelve. Yep. He peaked at running back nine at one point, I believe, right around like week eight, nine, because he fell down because he had a down week. Then he was running mm-hmm. back ten. Right. But he is somebody again. If you can give this guy another 25, 35 receptions. He's locked in right around that running back six, running back five kind of number right around there. That is a that's elite fantasy player right here. This is this isn't somebody like oh this is a good pick. This is elite fantasy player here for the next three to four years again in your roster. Equal to Jake again. Equal to J.K. Dobbins. Equal to DeAndre Swift. I'm not I'm not ha- I'm not gonna make the argument over like oh I would have taken him over J.K. Dobbins. I'm not arguing that pick. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But like. He is somebody, again, that nobody's talking about Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the dynasty community. There's tons of talk about so many rookies out here. J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb. Uh, we're going to talk about more of these guys. Brandon Ayuk, right? They're, they're talking town. Nobody's talking about Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who is pretty much the consensus 1-1 or 1-2 for right after the NFL draft. All sure. you have to rookie drafts. Yep. And you can buy Clyde Edwards-Alaire right now. After, sure. Remember after week one, he had a huge game week one. We're like, I remember I put a tweet out, like, uh, Good luck trying to buy Clyde Edwards earlier now. It was impossible. That is not impossible today. And to me, it is so hard to get a, a running back one, a legit running back one on your roster. We're talking about a lot of them today. I think of most of the guys we talked about already between Dobbins, Taylor, and Swift, I think Clyde Edwards would be the the most affordable, all expensive, probably, but the, the most affordable of that group. And it blows my mind. That blow because J.K. Dobbins, even in the last quarter of the season, right? Like you said, he looked great the second half of the season, weeks th- 13 through 16. He was running back 15 overall. Again, not utilizing the passing game, which was a little bit off, but we know Clyde Rosalera is better there too. So even even J.K. Dobbins being more utilized and Mark Ingram being benched still wasn't on Clyde Edwards' level from a fantasy production point. I love the touchdown numbers for J.K. Dobbins. Mm-hmm. Um, as he scored one every game, but you could use that as kind of a regression standpoint as well. If you want to, if you want to argue that point, where Clyde Edwards Alaire is a study re- a steady player and a much better offense. Clyde Edwards Alaire to me is still one of the top tier running backs, and I absolutely love getting him here. I think it's a steal. So here's my thing: why I would much rather have a couple other guys over him. I don't think Clyde Edwards Alaire is a bad player. 
going into the process, he was our running back four or five. Four. With moving four. on. He was, we, yeah. we, we, we yep. mentioned many times, like, man, this and is And going into the go. process, you mean pre-draft. Pre-draft, yep. yep. Pre-draft, we had him at, as our running back four. I think nerd score, he was right around four or five. Same same boat there. Um, here's the thing. He ended up playing 13 games, so he actually had a fairly full season. Still didn't actually outscore DeAndre Swift over the same amount of games. Swift also played 13 games. Tonio Gibson also played 13 games. Gibson outscored him as well. I was very – I liked what I saw early in the season, but – like you mentioned, his pass catching is his best asset. That's really what puts him over the top. If they're not going to continue to use him in that way, which the trend just dwindled over the course of the season, had a lot more targets those first five or six weeks. They brought Le'Veon Bell in. They did. Who's a proven receiver. And right. I, and, I, and I don't mean to interrupt, but I yeah, do it all did. the time anyways. Is I think... I think that's the reason I brought Le'Veon Bell. This is like this is not just a football team. This is the the defending championship team. Sure. And I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire, maybe no fault to him, like he wasn't picking up what he needed to pick Might up. Might not have been quick. ready yet. And that's what I that that's what I'm assuming why. You know, going into COVID, he it probably was a lot harder to get a rapport with a guy like Pat For Mahomes sure. when you could ever practice with him. No pre-camp. So I think I think that's the reason why. I don't think they're not going to use him like that. I think Andy Reid has a history showing how he would use his running backs to pass the game. I think this offseason, this is where we're going to get him caught up and acclimated to. So I don't think that's, I don't think that's a tell-all. You know I mean, I don't, I don't think that's Could. how he's going to be used. We'll that's, see. That's we'll see point. what happens. But if I'm not guaranteed that, because we do know that Damian Williams is coming back next year too, and he could easily fill in the Le'Veon Bell role, and that's what he was doing before. He basically did that in this past week. I mean, well, Le'Veon Bell barely played, right? Right. Well, Daryl Williams did. Oh, Daryl Williams. So Damian, oh, Damian Williams, Williams took the season off because You're of COVID. Right. You're right. And I was getting those two mixed up. Yep. But <laughs> both both guys can do that. They so that does make me wonder, is he going to get the passing volume? And I just don't know that he's good enough on the ground. That first week, he had those five like rushes inside the five-yard line. Everybody was like, oh my goodness, he's being used inside there. Yeah, he wasn't efficient, but who cares? He's being used. The rest of the season, he got three opportunities to do that. All year. Because like, score. So the, they don't, you know, if, if you're not going to be getting the ball inside of the 10, your opportunities to get touchdowns, he's going to have to break off long ones. Right. And, that's and he's not, his not game. fast. No, that's not his game. So yep. that's the thing for me is I just don't know if there's enough on the ground for me to risk hoping that he does get the stuff through the air enough. Will I think he be a consistent RB2? Yes. Am I confident he'll be a consistent RB1? I'm not sure. So that's 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 my reasoning that I wouldn't necessarily take him here. Right. No. And and my, I obviously I'm hoping the same thing that you're hoping, um, and that you're hoping. Sure. Yeah. I, we want to see I, it. I, and I, I think the offense, the, the offense, the, almost your last point there, the offense that he's in, and Andy Reid in particular is going to, I believe, make that happen. And I think that's where I, I more than hope. I believe. You know what I mean. Sure. I believe it is going to happen, and it's because of the offense, and it's because of the head coach. It's it's because of the you know the stuff that the, the Andy Reid was saying about him you know comparing him to Brian Westbrook before the season and everything like that when he sure. when he you know when he drafted him and that that's what makes me think that that um, Clyde edwards helaire is going to be more involved in the passing game thirty six is a very low number for a, a pass catching back games yeah in, in an Andy Reid type of offense I think it is just a matter of him getting acclimated and and he let's face it. When you're trying to win a championship, you can't afford to have a rookie running back blowing assignments, and maybe that's what is maybe that's what was happening. I have no idea. I mean, we, without knowing the play calls, we can't really know if he was blowing. You know, sure. Where, you know where he's supposed to be on pass plays and all. Was he? 
flowing <laughs> like the wind <laughs> assignments rich assignments oh. <laughs> okay what do you what? there's only one way to solve this yeah i was gonna say i, I gotta th- dig deep in my pants <laughs> and i gotta bust out the balls singular this time though just, just one? one just one just one it's 2021 okay? Are you gonna, do you have 2020 vision though with just one we're starting off we're starting off slow <laughs> <laughs> Let's get out here. Oh, oh, my, oh. oh hello, sweet. sweet succulent ball. Sweet, sweet balls. <laughs> Been a while. We have a very important question here to quick off the 2020 season, 21 season. 21. Please tell us how many receptions will Clyde Edwards Alaire have in the 2021 2022 NFL season? For fantasy, we don't care about 21. Don't care about the 22 part. <laughs> but I like to know anyway. Oh, <laughs> sweet Aunt Jemima's maple syrup. 71 receptions. 71. It wow. says it right here. Clear that's, as day. That's nearly exactly Almost double. double. <laughs> Almost double. Missed it by Almost. one. <laughs> by that 2021. Well, because probably took out that 22 part of it and it's like, oh, oh never mind. He lost it. So the ball, the balls have spoken. The balls have spoken. The ball. 71 receptions. Book it. Running back one. Nice. Who's up? All right, let's go to the sixth overall pick and the running back that I would personally rather have over Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And honestly, I almost even took him over J.K. Dobbins is DeAndre Swift. I was very surprised that he ended up falling back here. Matt, you had the great stat about uh, fantasy points per touch. Mm -hmm. Looked fantastic. The things that he was able to do over the course of the season, I think he really grew as a player. We remember that, that fateful week one. Oh. Where he had a chance to win the game. God-awful drop. And just dropped the ball in the end zone. Was kind of a uh, precursor for the entire season uh, for the Detroit Lions, unfortunately. But here's another player. I love to see these guys come on strong. They're learning. They're growing as the year goes on. And that was definitely what happened with DeAndre Swift. Over the last few weeks, he had multiple touchdowns, multiple games where he was getting four and five receptions. And that's what I really like to see. My only concern here is if... It's a new offense. If Matt Matthew Stafford isn't back, what's going to happen there? But I think sometimes you just have guys that are too talented. It doesn't matter what coaching staff comes in. They're going to figure out a way to use him. And I think that's the point that we're at with DeAndre Swift. He did it, he did it between the tackles. He did it in the receiving game. He did it in all facets. And he really looked like an elite back towards the end of the 2020 season. I'm all in. I have him currently as my RB6 overall. Nice. Yeah, um, I love it. I would have taken him over J.K. Dobbins, too. I actually had him above J.K. Dobbins as well. Yeah, so, I love DeAndre Swift for everything you said. And I, I think Stafford will be back. I think all these rumors, people are talking about, oh, we're, the Lions might trade Stafford. What world are you living in that you're going to find any quarterback remotely as good as Stafford? Uh, who, who, they have T.J. Hawkinson. Have they nailed down the uh It seems coach? like it's going to be Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell, right, it, yep. is the presumed. And they've already got a defensive coordinator in the books, right? It sounds like... Um, I didn't hear who the defensive coordinator was. He was like was. the defensive backs coach. He, used to, he was a former defensive back in the NFL. Oh, um, really? Okay. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Sure. But anyway, I haven't heard anything on the offensive side. That's the one That's the one thing I'm kind of waiting to hear. Hey, hey guys, where's uh, where's Dan Campbell coming from? The Saints. The Saints. Uh, and was he an offensive coach with them? Tight ends. He was a, I know, but that's, he was he, a tight ends coach. He worked with Sean Payton with the offense, right? He did. He did. Wow. Wow. Well, who's their running back over there? I think it's Alvin Kamara. Latavius Murray. Who's DeAndre Swift kind of <laughs> like who would you like DeAndre Swift's a pretty good uh offset comparison of Alvin Kamara, right? 
they, they would compare with a little bit nicely. more of a stanky leg. I was gonna say I think he's got a little bit more between the tackles. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, a little beefier. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not worried about this offense. And plus, his, dad, it's gonna be his dad's guns are huge. His dad's definitely beefier. <laughs> yeah, definitely for sure. So I'm not worried. I'm not worried about DeAndre Swift in this this offense going forward. I'm not worried about DeAndre. No, no dude. No new GM is coming in and shipping off Matt Stafford. Sorry. And with TJ Hawkinson there, who's going to be, who's a top three, my number two overall dynasty tight end Ooh. to go along mm. with uh, Quintus Cephas and to go along with, well, who knows who, who knows else is coming back, right? All, everyone else in that wide receiver core is Allen Robinson maybe. able to leave, right? Kenny G could be back. Free who would you leave. sign? Allen Robinson or Kenny Galladay? I honestly, this is going to sound like a cop out. I would ask Matthew Stafford who he wants. <laughs> who do you want? You want Kenny G back or would you rather have this A-Rob guy? Yeah, I guess that's it. Say like, hey, what receiver? I, with that, with no receivers, I'm like, what receiver on the market do you want? Yeah. Okay, we're gonna go get him for you. That's not a bad plan. <laughs> that's really not. They they yeah. got nowhere to go but up. I mean, give me this, Marvin Jones. After, <laughs> after Mike Jones. Yeah, no kidding, man. After last year, um, they just need to clear all that stuff out. Yeah, Swift's a great point pick yep. here, though. It, again, it just shows you how strong this class is. Where Swift's going six overall. Absurd. And he's. He's a top two round startup player, essentially. Absolutely. Uh, I love the pick. Matt, you got anything you want to chime in on, DeAndre? I think that was it, man. Uh, we pretty much nailed him down. All right. Well, before we move on to pick number seven, number seven, let me tell you about our friends at Bud's Butter. This ad is brought to you by our friends at Bud's Butter. Bud's Butter is a family-owned CBD company that specializes in farming, processing, and producing high-quality CBD products at an affordable price. Tanner and Levi Bud's, our brothers, owners, and longtime Dynasty Nerds listeners. They are running 20% off with free shipping on all orders over $20 with the code NERD. Once again, that's 20% off and free shipping on all orders over $20 with that code NERD. Check out all their products at BudsButter.com. That is B-U-D-Z Butter.com. Bud's Butter recently released some new THC-free products. They now have THC-free hard candies, ooh-la-la, which come in strawberry, mint, and lemon, as well as new THC-free hazelnut and unflavored tinctures. You can have full confidence knowing where your CBD products come from as the Bud's Butters have handled it from the start to finish. Be sure to use that code NERD at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. And you got to remember, the CBD products offer so much benefit benefit to your health overall. And if you go on budsbutter.com, they have a laundry list of it. I use it a lot in my coffee. Now that I know they have these hard candies, I'm going to get some of these as well. I mean, come on. It's 2021. It's January. You know a lot of you guys out there have these New Year's resolutions where you're going to start working out more for the next four weeks. You know Absolutely. you're going to do it hard for four weeks, and then <laughs> for the rest of the 11 months, kind of, let's you know, go eat some PBJs. It's cool, though. It's cool because if you want to, like, ease some of that soreness, Bud's Butter is going to hook you up. Yep. You want to feel good? You want to feel a little bit more elated throughout the day? That's what it does for me. I'm going to say what it does for me. When I take this, I feel more energetic. I feel less sore, and I feel more focused and ready to go. It really helps me. Then I put a little bit in my morning coffee. I get a little of that mint, or I get a little of that... Uh, the mint stuff's good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I put it in my coffee, give it a little swirl. I drink it, and I don't know if it's the, the caffeine or the Bud's Butter, but I am ready, ready to, to go. go. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to create some dynasty content today. I'm going to run a business. I'm going to be a dad. I'm going to be a husband. Bud's Butter helps me out. Use that promo code, nerd. Who's on the clock? I am at 107. Um, 107. 107. And I am going to go a little bit off the rails here and go chase 
play pool. He did not go off the rails. He just derailed the whole train and killed all these innocent people. Wide receiver 23 on the year, so he did finish as a wide receiver too. <laughs> uh, 214, almost 215 points overall. Over 13 points per game. <laughs> Rich just can't stop shaking his head. Um, and obviously, yes, there are going to be some questions about who is going to be throwing him the ball. But Ben couldn't throw the ball downfield anyway, so it's not going to be that worse off if it's a rookie or somebody else. Actually, he could be a nice little safety blanket, I think, for a rookie upcoming quarterback. Yeah, so will Najee Harris or Travis Etienne, too. But this is a guy that that you can you, he's big enough that you can throw the ball up to him like a safety blanket tight end type of guy. But he's in a wide receiver body, and I love what he did in this you know in this you know shortened off season. He came in and made an impact almost right away, and he and he continued on throughout the entire year. Rich, just, you wiped that look off of your face. Your pick, not mine. I know, and you're, moving, uh, you're just moving a better player over to me. It's great. Listen, he was a guy that I was not as high on. I thought he was going to be a little bit stiff. And he turned out to be a more flexible guy, and, and he was able to get in and out of cuts. And, and he's just a playmaker, so I'm going to go for it. I know I know Pittsburgh has a, a very good track record of, of drafting and developing wide receiver talent. And, I, and 100%. I'm gonna, and I'm going to go with them on this one and, and go with what I saw. Yeah, I mean, Chase Claypool might be a stiff, but I am. But just you know, for my next pick I'm going to get. But listen, I'm, I like Chase Claypool. I yeah. think he's... Probably if you drafted Chase Claypool where you got him, you're Steel. you're 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 stiff or you're feeling that way at least. So I I like to pick, I, I just don't like the players that are ahead of him that I still have an option to get. Definitely the guy who I'm taking next year. And you're right, Chase Claypool looked fantastic. Mm -hmm. Wide receiver 23 overall. They have a history of guys that come in and produce. Juju Juju's likely gone, 100 percent gone. gone. Yep. James Washington be gone next year. Uh, so you have him and Deontay Johnson. Deontay I, Johnson's shown he has the drop issues. I, I think he's past Deontay Johnson as as the go to guy there in oh, that offense. I agree. Yeah. So, uh, I'm not I'm, I'm I'm not arguing that point, but I am worried about the quarterback situation. I'm worried about the running back situation. I'm I'm, I'm worried about the point. Will you know what would Claypool do week in week out when he's the guy? You know when they, we go to shut him down. I still think he's gonna produce. He looked fantastic. I'm with you. He looked dynamic in every s. I didn't see a lot of shortcomings in his game. He's a hard guy to shut down, though. Like, he's a wide receiver. Because even when he's even when he's covered, he's open. You can throw him the ball, and and he's so big, he can box people out with his body. He can go up and get the ball. Sure. He's he's a guy. If if you if you have the offense that can that you know that they're willing to force him the ball, he's going to be relevant no matter what. I was being a little over dramatic. Mm -hmm. I again, I think from here on, you can take a lot of these receivers and you can make a case for it and right. not be wrong and have a very high chance to be right. It's, there's just at least minimum two more guys. There's really four, but there's two more guys for <laughs> sure that I would a hundred percent take over. I think the next four guys on my list are, I wouldn't even, it's not even, a, I wouldn't even compare it. Like, I'm like, okay, which one of these four, like Claypool is not even that class. I knew that it would not be a popular pick, Sure, but I've gone against the grain before. Yeah, it, he's a good player with a high he's a good, he's with a, a chance to be wide receiver anywhere from eight to fifteen easily. But again, what's that quarterback situation going to look like going coming uh, soon? Absolutely, and those that's and, the, that's the biggest. And what's question. the whole like? They just fired their offensive coordinator. I think they needed uh, to. And what are they going to do? And they're probably they, there's they did a strong sense their quarterbacks coach to their offensive coordinator now, Matt Canada. There's a strong sense out of Pittsburgh media that like they need to revert back to the Pittsburgh way and they got to establish a run and get that going because they've been a pass happy team these last couple of years since Le'Veon Bell has left and it's gotten them nowhere. Right. So I look for them to draft a guy like Najee Harris in the first round or potentially even a Travis Etienne. I think Najee Harris fits that 
AFC North style way better. And I think he'd be a perfect fit there. I think it would all but lock him up as a rookie one, one as well. If he lands in Pittsburgh. And I think that hurts Claypool a little bit too. Whether they do the tight end, I could easily see them bringing in the second round, a Pat Fryermuth into the second round that they would draft, who would be a great fit in Pittsburgh as well. And they both, they're almost guaranteed to draft another receiver this year who might take a big step forward as well. It's just, we, we see these guys come through Pittsburgh over and over and over again. They're all great and fantastic. It's just, that's my only hesitation, I suppose. Garrett, what do you think? So, so for me, there, this is probably the biggest ceiling versus floor pick we've had. Yep. Because I think if you're going to talk about a guy that has a crazy high ceiling, I think Chase Claypool fits that mold very, very well. We're talking about a guy that had 11 total touchdowns as a rookie. That's really, really difficult to do. But we've also seen some of the downside weeks where he had one catch for 24 yards, one catch for negative two, two for 38, three for 15. You know, like there are, he can be a little bit of a boom bust type play at times. He kept Metcalf kind of esque. Yeah, yeah. So you're going to have these ups and downs less consistent than a guy like Justin Jefferson. Or the guy uh, I'm taking next. Maybe the guy you're taking next. That's definitely not T. Higgins. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who, like, so I think that's the thing for me is. I just don't know that the consistency will always be there versus some other guys that I think the target volume and and you know the the types of catches he's making are usually the deep downfield throws. Those are much closer to a fifty percent completion rate than you know the seventy to eighty percent completion rate. Totally, I I, to the line I fully uh, know that I'm swinging for the fences on this one. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at this point in the draft, I feel like. There's a lot of people that are very similar, I think, in value, and this guy uh, yep. has a higher ceiling. And, and, I, and I have no issue with that. If that's what you want to yep. do and you're like, you know what, I want to get a guy that I think could outperform everyone just on raw athletic ability, this is a guy that could do that. I like to be a little more risk-conscious in the first round, but I have no issue with it. Yeah, and sometimes you got to get your guy. If yep. you know he's gonna, if, in a rookie draft, you get your guy if you know he's not going to be there. Absolutely. You know, and it, the smart move here, if it was a real draft, is trade back a little bit, Absolutely. get some more assets, yeah. and get your guy. Um, I'm on the clock next here. To me, this is the easiest pick of the draft. I'm taking T. Higgins, wide receiver 24 from weeks 1 through 16. He averaged 13 points per game with uh, at the end of the year. But with Joe Burrow, he averaged, actually averaged 16 points per game with Joe Burrow and the fact that he's coming in next year with no AJ green locked in as the number one receiver to go up, go with Tyler Boyd to go with Joe Mixon. I look for Drew sample to take a big step forward next year as well and be an actual viable asset in that, in that offense of maybe Drew sample. I doubt it. Now he was a hot name early in the year, but maybe somehow he f- fell onto your waiver wire. He's a great add to your dynasty team, but I think T Higgins is somebody that's going to come in and, to be that number one receiver. Like he's everything hundred percent what he was want. drafted for. Yeah. To be that number one guy. There's a reason he was the first pick in the second round. He's picked 33, one pick away from being a first round pick. And the fact that he is matched up with Joe Burrow, there's no, yep. there's no questions here about who, you know, his quarterback's going to be in the future. And I look at that when I'm looking at my dynasty roster, like Clyde Zolaire, he's, a, he's a big part of that offense. It's why I love him so much. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not just Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the player. It's a whole, it's all everything, right? It's sure. a whole foundation that he's built around. And that's what I like about T. Higgins and his offense. I like what Cincinnati's going to do. I think Cincinnati overtakes Pittsburgh in the division next year. I think, I think they're a year away from being playoff caliber uh, NFL football team to compete for the playoffs. They got to rebuild that offensive line. But again, they have a really high draft pick this year 
to grab a, a, a really good player this year, like maybe a guy like Panay Newell out of uh, Oregon. Oregon. Yep. But T. Higgins, to me, is a bona fide number one receiver. We talked about during the scouting process of everything that he can do and what he's shown already in Cincinnati. And when you said, I'm worried about to get that consistent guy, I think, I think T. Higgins' best attribute will be in fantasy is he will be, maybe he won't be that one running back wide receiver one, and that's okay. But maybe he could be that Robert Woods, Jarvis Landry, wide receiver. He, a couple times wide receiver one, but always anywhere from between 13 and 16. And the big yep. thing for Higgins is he's going to be a player that you can plug into your lineup and week in, week out, he's going to give you double-digit points. And that is dynasty gold right there. Because then you can slide him in somehow into your wide receiver, like your wide receiver three spot there. That's a championship caliber player. And those are the best players when you have there. Those wide receiver twos, wide receiver threes, those are the guys that give you those points week in, week out that you can literally rely on every single week. That's T. Higgins, and that's why I love him here at Pick 7. And it's why I would take him over Claypool. Is he, also, he also offers that ceiling as Joe Burrow grows into the NFL. He could be that Chase Claypool big-time game. I like the Adrian Green back in the days. But even if not, like where Claypool is those down games, and he could be hit and miss, and if they go to the run game, Higgins is just going to be a good state. Like, you, you're not going to whiff on this pick by any means. Right. There's, there's no – like, you're bunting – down the third baseline, and there's no third baseman over there. You know what I mean? Like it, it's as easy as can be. It's Just easy. Take be. your base full. Yeah, it. and you got uh, you got uh, uh. Oh my God, I forgot his name. All of a sudden, he played for the Indians. Big. Oh my God, Bartolo Colon on the mound. Oh Bart. Yeah, he Bart can't get off the mound. He can't get off that mound and throw <laughs> to the first base. There's no way. So I'm taking T Higgins. Oh. Let, me, let me ask you this though: How many three touchdown games did did Bartolo Colon? I mean, uh, <laughs> T Higgins have. <laughs> All I know is he averaged 16 points per game for Joe, Joe right. Burrow. So, hey, the touchdowns will come. They he would he probably would have had a five touchdown game if Ryan Finley wasn't there. That's a good point. Actually, you're making a solid <laughs> point. <there. laughs> you're making a really good. What point. What pick there. are we on? Uh, like eight. Or... And we're at 53 minutes. Right. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're we're crushing it. But yeah, I I love T Higgins. I almost took him in the spot where I took DeAndre. I, I, to, for the record, I love T Higgins. Yeah, well. I w- uh, I was I'm a big fan of his. I'm not gonna put him down. Hey guys, I love him too. Yeah. We, hey Jared, Jared, do you love T Higgins? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Weeks two, Kool Aid Man through sixteen. Oh yeah! <laughs> Weeks two through sixteen didn't have a single game below three catches, and thirteen of those, uh, or whatever it would be, all but three of those games were even four or more. So you're just super, super consistent. Was, They're yeah. getting the ball. He's catching. Yeah, it. three touchdowns, Matt. How about three catches? Pick up. All right. Player. Let's go on to, you know what? So far, I've gone all running backs. What changed now? Keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. I'm going to go with the man that nobody wanted. The myth. Literally no one. He wasn't drafted. (laughs) The legend that no no one knew. The legend (laughs) that no one was even ready for. Mr. James Robinson, Jacksonville Jaguars. Big fan of James Robinson. He was a guy that I was talking about early on. We had debates on the show as to whether or not this is a real thing. Sure enough, it was. He ended up having a fantastic season, was injured the last two weeks, but up until that point, he was the running back four Mm. on the year. Mm. Still even missing those two games, he finished as running back seven. seven. Yeah, that's excellent. So he had a fantastic year, and we're talking about a one-win football team. This is not a team that was just up all the time, so we're going to run the football because we're always winning. No, these were terrible situations. These were not run scripts, Mm -hmm. and yet they still gave him the ball, and he still did a lot with it. And guess what? He gets Trevor Lawrence. He gets Urban Meyer, who really likes to feature one running back. Yeah. 
This Dude, is going to be a great situation. Getting Trevor Lawrence to Jaguars is going to be like getting them Viagra. They're finally going to be up, maybe sometimes a lot. So this is good news <laughs> for them. Getting Trevor Lawrence, it's huge for them. Maybe sometimes for four hours. They got to go to the hospital. <laughs> Check their doctor. <laughs> Trevor, this game's been going on forever. <laughs> got to call the doctor. Stiff. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, he just had such a good season. Over a thousand yards rushing and surprisingly viable in the passing 49 game. 49 receptions, yeah. 49 in 14 games. Yeah, for, yeah, for 300, no, almost, oh, three, almost, almost 350 yards. Sorry, couldn't spit that out for some reason. The three touchdowns as well. I remember the one towards the end of the season there. He had this nice, like, over the shoulder catch by the pylon. Like, he looks like a very, very legitimate NFL back. Yes, probably your patented two- to three-year window guy. I don't think he's an elite athlete or anything like that, or he probably would have been drafted. Right. But I think he's going to be a very good player for the short term. But he, I, he was converting first downs, too. He had 69 first downs combined you know, through the rushing and through the air. The only, the only person that was higher than him was um, Jonathan Taylor at 80, 81. So he's wow. a guy that was moving the chains as well. He was in there a ton, I mean, obviously by the usage alone. But they like him all around, obviously. I like him. Yeah. I think he's solid. They yeah. bring in Urban Meyer, who loves to run the football. He runs the football a ton. They are bringing in Trevor Lawrence, who's one of the best prospects to come out ever. Well, you know, he's one of those yes. generational quarterbacks, yep. once every 10 year kind of guys. These guys pop up. This time it's Trevor Lawrence. Last time it was Andrew Luck. Uh, before that, it was Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Before that, it was John Elway. So, <laughs> whoa. Who was uh, before that? That's a gap. That's just a big gap. <laughs> I don't know. Joe Namath? I don't know. Why a tittle? <laughs> uh, uh, anytime I hear about old players, I just always think of why it didn't So the big thing here that worries me about Jim, I think Jim Robinson is a great uh, story. I think he's a great running back. One, we got a lot of more running backs come back this year. Some of these rookies are going to take a big step forward is we, we know the stats of the odds of you being, a, once you're a running back one, once the odds of being a running back one again, drop down pretty significantly. It's in the 20%. 20%. Yeah. The odds you be a running back three or be a running back one three times drops off even more. It's under 10%. It's, yeah. So it's, And and more than that, you're, you're getting single, single digits. You know. So the odds, I just don't see James Robinson as that mold breaker from historical data. That's all. So I, the big thing I'm using against him is just historical data. Sure. Running back two, probably. Yeah. You know, but even then, it's, it's you got to stay healthy. You got to stay involved in the passing game. And what? Who else is going to bring in? Give you some like some challenge, some carries? Because right last year he had nobody. Right. I don't mind the pick here. I think he's a very solid running back. I would be looking to early into the the twenty one season if I can't do it in the off season. I would be looking to flip James Robinson personally for more value. I think this is a very solid pick. He, he could, if he was a running back one, it's just so hard to be a running back one again with how many guys are coming back. Uh, just, I mean, you gotta imagine two guys alone. Now, granted, other people get hurt, but just throw back in three guys. Throw back in Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, and Joe Mixon, right in the mix. Sure, bumping people down. Now he was running back four, so you're talking about bumping a lot. It's just I don't see him repeat. My gut tells me if I was gonna butt my, bust my balls out again, which I don't want to do because twice in one show, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you use a landscape, you, know, you gotta be very, you gotta be careful out there. And I would have if I had to ask them. I I bet they would tell me. Do, do you have razor burn? Let me ask you. <laughs> I was saying. I thought, I think Manscaped no, did just, a good job. All right, yeah. It, it's a winter time, boys. It's not much. You know, it's, it's like, cold. They're not. They're not sheltered. I just wasn't sure where uh, you were coming from. Yeah, not the woolly the mammoth warmth, anymore. The warmth. All right, the warmth. Use my friends at Manscaped. Use that promo code uh, Nerds. Yeah, yeah my bad. All right, percent off free shipping. All right, love those guys. Love what they do for me. I just wanted. So, to, I just wanted to elaborate. The on balls that. would probably tell me. Uh uh-uh, uh uh. They'd be they'd be talking like they're Andy Dolphin. <laughs> so uh, 
I don't, I don't hate Worst the pick. I think dolphin it's solid. between the two of us. Not, neither one was good. <laughs> neither one was good. Wait, that wasn't good? <laughs> no. no. But that. to be fair, a dolphin noise is not the easiest one to make. It's fair. Yeah, I guess I'm going to go into sea What was that? What was that? Someone stepped on a troll? <laughs> no, dude, my dolphin call was good. Did you hear that? All the way from the ocean. They're going to chime back. Like, I love you too, Rich. <laughs> Keep those balls safe. <laughs> How many more picks we got? <laughs> I, I have one. You have one. We all got one left. Got one. Jared, how much time we have left? None, but we're going to get through them. We're at 59 minutes. All right, well, here we go. How are we going to rush the last? These are all good picks. Take we can't rush time. Them. Take it's fine. Show. Hey, YouTube, sit back, relax. Eat some, you, Get you a saw, cup of coffee. You saw the clock when you opened the video. You saw the podcast when you opened the video. You knew. Hour 15. You, what knew how, you knew what you were getting into. This class is too good. There's no turds at the back end. This is in 2017. Nope. Bud's butter's just starting to kick in. <laughs> all right. I feel great. Woo. Thanks, Bud's. Banner. <laughs> My All guy. right, I'm on with the next pick uh, at ten here in the first round. I'm going to go Brandon Ayuk. Nice. So uh, you know, ends ends the season wide receiver 35, but he only played in 12 games and started 11 um, on a pl- on a points per game basis. He's the second highest rated guy I got here out of the rookies uh, from the wide receiver class, behind only Jeff- Justin Jefferson, um, who had 17, a little over 17. Brandon Brandon Ayuk comes in a little over 15 points per game um you know and i did a little fantasy points per touch with these guys too i just took um instead of their actual touches i just took targets so it's fantasy sure. points per targets and he was almost at two he was 1.9 and you know that's that's pretty elite compared i mean the only guys that are up that high are cd lamb himself claypool um you know labisca chenault he was he was using a multitude of ways and then there's some guys that uh, you know henry ruggs um very explosive guy as well but it just shows. Uh, I think more. I think his play more so, uh, more so shows how explosive he was. But he was just, he was in the lineup. Uh, he, he he stepped in pretty early and and took over a spot that you know we kind of thought he was going to be eased in and, and used as a wide receiver two, and he's just stepped right into the role of, of the wide receiver one when um, when Debo went when down. Debo yeah, went they down. didn't Thank have you. a choice. They yeah. kind of had to use him. Like Kittle was hurt. Yep. He was hurt and. Good for him. He stepped up as a rookie. He absolutely did, and he was explosive, and he made the most of his opportunity. So I'm going to take him here at the end of the first round and feel really good about it because I I love his upside going forward. Love his upside going forward. Mm-hmm. There's a, my cons- what I love is mm-hmm. that he was wide receiver 35, looked explosive, and even when Debo came back, he still averaged 12.4 targets per game. That was weeks eight Massive. through 14 with Debo back, which right. is kind of shocking. Any a terrible quarterback play. As well, and he still looked really good. I forgot the Mullins that. and Jimmy G. Yep, yep. but the other one's great. <laughs> Beathard. <laughs> oh, Beth, here's the savior. <laughs> CJ Beathard was in. God, that was a great game. He's uh, off the turds. But I mean, we also have to remember, like, I look for them to, because we know Kyle Shanahan loves relying on the run game, right? We Absolutely. know he loves it. I yep. look for them to the. Take a big step in that regards this year. They're gonna, They've been piecemealing it now for you know the last two or three years. Just draft at Travis Etienne and make if, your life. If they don't draft a guy, they don't sign a guy. Like it wouldn't shock me to see Aaron Jones end up in San Francisco sure. and still be a high end running back if that's if that's the case. But other running back they bring in, Kyle will handpick that running back and he will be successful no matter who it is. Totally. The moment they sign that running back, I'm making offers in every dynasty league I am, and I'm going to overpay for that running back if I can get him. Unless you're in a league with me, then I'm not going to overpay. That was complete. <laughs> I just made up. This, I'm, this is for everybody that's not in the league with me. And overpaying <laughs> is overpay. an early third. Yeah. <laughs> but the, only, the one concern is, 
the only other concern is going to be well, it's, it's one that everyone, everyone returns to health, right? Running back game. Kittle's going to be back, who's yeah. your number one receiver, not Ayuk, and Debo's going to come back, who's also very electric. And even though he still saw those 12 point targets per game with Debo back, Debo was still banged up the entire time he was back, and no Kittle. So there's got to be some regression there for him because of targets to go around. New running back, healthy Kittle, healthy Debo. So I love the player. He looked fantastic. I love the fact that that, that Shanahan and uh, Mayock came out and said this was our number one receiver in the whole draft, which they all say that sometimes. But sure. Not, that, not Mayock. He's, he's in. He's oh, he's in, in the Raiders. Yeah, he's uh, in Las Vegas. But, uh, John Lynch. John Lynch. I knew he was one of those guys yep. that used to be on my TV before. <laughs> <laughs> I know you looked familiar. <laughs> Mr. Ear, no Earlobes himself, John Lynch. What a great pick. He's done no a great job lobes. out there. Does he have earlobes? It's just like he has those ears that go right into his neck. Oh, now listen, a, that's a hereditary thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, dude, yeah. look at my ears. Who am I? I'm not, I'm not making fun. I'm just telling you. Know, I not. just didn't know that was a thing about him. I, I mean, I've seen him. I just didn't notice that that much. Oh, I'm judging everybody. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you're when you're as ugly as me, you need a leg up, an excuse for anything. <laughs> Everyone's anybody. got a flaw. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt, I'm, I'm still looking. 25 years later, you're, <laughs> you're up. No, you're up. Oh my God, <laughs> I am up. I'm going to take a guy who I had really high pre-draft here, and it's Jerry Judy. Wide no, receiver. it's not. Oh, no, no, it's not. <laughs> I was looking at the wrong pick. Sorry, guys. You had this guy really high, though. <laughs> this also. guy I had really high. Listen, I can't get him on right. I'm looking at my wrong list, okay? I thought this guy was so good, I thought he was already taken. <laughs> I was taking this guy ahead of Brandon Ayuk. Ooh, I'm right. taking Michael Pittman Jr. I like how you guys tell me, no, I'm not taking a guy. <laughs> no, damn it, I am taking Jerry. No, no, Jerry kidding. Judy it is. I would take Jerry Judy if this guy was on the board. And that is Michael Pittman Jr., wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts. The whole six foot four, 223 mm. pounds of him. This is a guy. It's a lot to like. Who, I know he finished his wide receiver, uh, what, it was 79? 79. But he missed, you got to remember, back in week three, this guy almost lost his leg. He had an injury, that really bad one, yep. leg compartment syndrome after week three versus the Jets. He was out from weeks four to eight. But when he came back and slowly got acclimated in the offense, he started to look really good. Even in their last game of the year in the playoffs versus the Bills, five catches, 90 yards. I loved, you know, we, when we did the draft process, I said I was way too low on Michael Pittman mm-hmm. Jr. I got him into the first round. I He's a huge buy from this offseason. I want as many Pittman shares as I can. I think going forward, we like Jonathan Taylor. You got to respect that run game. Got to love that offensive line. They're going to get a new quarterback here after Phillip Rivers soon. T.Y. Hilton's like 100 years old. T.Y. Hilton's gone. He's a free agent, so he's not be coming back here at all. Michael Pittman's hands are so good. He's such a good route runner for for his size. Him and Paris Campbell, to me, are such a dynamic duel in a receiving game. I look for this offense to take a big step forward with the help of Jonathan Taylor. But even if Phillip Rivers is the quarterback, I think a guy like Michael Pittman can succeed at a high level. I love his future as a dynasty asset. I love it. I love everything about Michael Pittman's junior game, and I love the fact that he is on the Indianapolis Colts. I think this is great value. Over the point, I'm taking him over Jerry Judy, which who was my number two receiver going into this draft class. Another dynamic route runner with, with solid hands and great speed, but just obviously a much murkier situation than even a guy like Michael yeah, Pittman is. So I, I'm going to take Michael Pittman Jr. here, and I'm going to be happy about it. I love it, man. And like you, like you mentioned, um, 
regardless of who the quarterback is, even if Phillip Rivers, who you know has a hard time pushing the ball downfield, I think Pittman is a is a good guy that can go over the the center of the field. He's big enough to take those kind of hits and and not afraid to do it by any means. So I, I think he fits that kind of offense just as easily as he would a, a more traditional Frank Reich type of offense. And, and despite not being a true burner, he does really well with yards after the catch. Mm-hmm. He he makes plays. Even after he catches the football, he's he's always fighting for those extra yards. I love to see it. That's, that was gonna be. Uh, he's he's always looking. He's not he's not one of these guys that's looking to go out of bounds. No, he's not catching yeah. it and falling yeah. over. Yeah. He's that's not catching it and going out of bounds. Like he wants to make a play. Yep. And one of the things that I really look for, especially out of young players or players that are newer to the offense, maybe that's their first year, second year, is in some of their most important games over the course of that season. What are they looking to do? Obviously, their playoff game against Buffalo, the most important game they had the entire season. Targeted 10 times in that game. You got to see that as a key going forward. Absolutely. The most targets he had the entire season mm-hmm. was in the first playoff game, their most important game of the season. He he responded with five catches for 90 yards, almost had a beautiful touchdown catch that just went off the end of his fingertips too. Mm-hmm. I really like seeing that in those late important moments. That kind of tells me what the team's looking to do and who they really think can get them the victory. And I think Michael Pittman's that guy. Yeah, like a Vincent Jackson kind of player, Yep, essentially, which would be who was a very solid wide receiver, won there for a couple of years with the, with the Chargers. It Absolutely. Kind of reminds me of that. Like that big, not overly a burner, but a very big physical receiver that's going to get you some good, very good fancy points. And I think Vincent Jackson, when you hear it, almost 1,500 yards. That's a very good count. Yeah. Yeah, so, I like that a lot, actually. All right, last but not least, he fell too far, guys. Jerry Judy. Not Jerry Judy. <laughs> Clyde Edwards Alaire. Close. Artie, you took him. Uh, I'm going to go with Antonio Gibson. Ooh. Antonio Gibson was kind of the bell of the ball there for a little bit. He really was. Anytime you can perform on Thanksgiving Day against the, the beloved Cowboys and just absolutely tear it up. Go berserk. He's going to move up people's boards. He absolutely did that. My biggest concern with him, because I actually had a pretty generous uh, nerd score on him, despite not really getting to see him much at running back. Things I saw I really, really liked. Yep. My thing I was nervous about was the things that we were hearing from Ron Rivera preseason with gadgety and like some of that kind of stuff. But then as soon as Darius Geist did all the things he did, they shipped uh, Adrian Peterson out of town. Yep. You knew right away, all right, this guy has the chops to do it right now, and they're going to find that out. And they did. Over the second half of the season, early on, much like a lot of these running backs, early on it was meh. A little hit or miss. Yeah, it wasn't yep. too great. Got around week seven, 20 carries for for 128 yards. Uh, Week 11, he had 94 yards. Week 12, he had 115 yards. And even after having that that injury that put him out for a few weeks, he fought his way back. Only had one week, I believe, he missed. Fought his way back in, 61 yards, 75 yards. He, He looked really good over the second half of the season. I don't see anybody coming in there and taking any touches because we know like like some of these other running backs, one of his best attributes is catching the football. So I think this was a steal to get him here. Uh, while he was playing, he was, I believe, as high as running back 12 or 13. So I'm really happy to get him here. I would have taken him over James Robinson, for sure. Finished the year as running back uh, 12, running back one, uh, weeks one through 16. He was running back 12 uh, overall. And I'm with you. Like, he's just – Washington needs to do a lot of things on that offense. Running back's not one of them. He's nope. a running back going forward. Definitely. I, I mean, you know, obviously the turf toe, I think, has dropped his value. Like like you said, I think that's probably the reason you're getting him here. You know, if we did this four or five weeks ago, 
he would have gone seven or eight, I think, in my sure. opinion. So, uh, yeah, definitely a great great grab here, uh, Antonio Gibson, the running back of the future for the Washington uh, another unna- unnamed football asset. team. Yep. Like I tell my wife, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. There you go. So that's it, right? Yeah. That's the first round. Up. That's it, man. That's the first round redraft in the rookie. Guys, there's so many players we didn't take. So many. I can name players. one. <laughs> I almost took him. Almost took him. Guess couple, who I'm taking with my couple, next pick? If couple he's available. times. Couple we'll times. We'll see. And there's only one way to find out, guys, and that's to subscribe to the Nerd Herd and get in there so you can get this next podcast. And the reason you want to join the Nerd Herd now as well is now we have new tools getting unveiled and the Dynasty GM growing, but we're about to dive into our rookie content. Yep. It's it's the one thing that we do best. It's, it's break down these rookies. And if you know, I mean, some people probably hate it, but we cover, when we're doing running backs, half of them are on the free show, which will be on the YouTube show. Another half are on the nerd herd. It's the only way we can get through all these guys, and it, it gives us, it's able us to surprise the people that support us. We put countless hours into yep. our research of these rookies, and it shows. And not only do you have our studies, if you're a nerd member, you have the nerd score, like we mentioned. We have the rookie rankings up there. We have so much to help you dominate your rookie uh, draft, and of course, the Dynasty Nerds film room, his, which has never been more important than this year. Find out there's no NFL yep. combine. Absolutely. So the fact that there's no NFL combine, you're relying on this tape. And there's not even a lot of tape to go out there for some of these players because some of these guys didn't play. We have got you covered at DynastyNerds.com. Get to DynastyNerds.com. Join the Nerd Herd today with the Dynasty Nerds film room. We have all these rookies in there. So you can watch them just for their game. You can watch the entire game in five minutes, and it's just to show the plays are on there. No combine this year, guys. It's all coming down to the tape. It's going to be That's where they rely on And... And we've just recently added uh, all twenty-two tape. It's a little bit that of all twenty-two. S- we got the Senior Bowl. Senior Bowl senior coming bowl up. Jared happening. and I will be there. You guys next are going to be there reporting back. Mac Jones is now going to be there. Amazing. Oh, nice. Uh, Devonta Smith's going to be there. Yep. He's not playing. I, oh, he's not be, playing, but he's going to go there. But huh? he'll be there. So there, there's is some he, real players. Is he practicing and just not playing in the game, or is he just going there and? I think he's just going to do the interviews. Because there's and, no combine, it's probably because a smart of the idea. stuff with his hand too. Uh, he hurt his hand in the in the national yep. championship okay. game. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's the other reason that he's not going to risk it. But there are some up and coming running backs that are really interesting. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson out of Oklahoma. He's getting a lot of buzz. He's going to be there. Some nice receivers like Tylen Wallace will be there. So there's going to be some very interesting names that are going to be relevant for what we're doing in the rookie scouting process. Nice. And we'll also be covering some of these rookies and individual stuff off the podcast on our YouTube channel. So if you're watching here, thank you. Make sure you get on there. Make sure you like, subscribe, hit that notifications button. So that way we have you covered from every aspect and every angle for this 2021 draft. You just heard how good this draft class was in the first round. This 21 class could be just as good. It's that talented. I just watched a little bit of... little bit more Kyle Pitts tape this past weekend and he very well could be the best tight end I've ever scouted so far and it's it's this early in the process he could be the best tight end I've ever scouted in my entire life from a talent perspective that's saying a lot man that's amazing and and he might go seventh overall I was gonna say I can't wait to just dive in a little bit more on that guy so I've done a little skim on him and I can't wait to get in fun so get there Join the nerd today. Check out the YouTube channel with all more original. If you enjoy the podcast, make sure you get out there and get the YouTube channel. We've got more content there. And not just from us. Our guys, Marvin Eloquin, Jordan Reigns, if you play IDP as well. We have so much content. We have the Nerds Film Room back with Nick Whalen, Jared Wackerly, and Garrett Price. They just did a, a breakdown of Javante Williams running back North Carolina. So good. Great I've breakdown loved, you guys did there. Loved what I've there. seen so far. Okay, yep. Absolutely. So there's 
That's why you got to get there. And of course, if you join the, enjoy the podcast, get on iTunes, leave us a rating and review. It just helps us get out and more in front of even more people to grow this game that we love the most. And that's dynasty fantasy football. We'll be back with the next episode covering round two Ooh. with some more players. Sounds tricky, good. tricky. Adios.